Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible and it starts with you. Get out your field notes and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, welcome to this week's episode of 22 Minutes to Having It All. We have Diane Halfman. And Diane is a consultant, trainer, and a podcaster. This episode, she tells her story as an undercover prostitute to hunt a serial killer. She's gonna teach us in this episode the power of critical thinking, trusting your gut, taking risk. And she shares really some great advice to empower business leaders to move through crisis and manage boundaries and just not to second guess yourself. And so I know you're really going to enjoy this time with Diane. She's an amazing person. There's also a free gift that is offered and you need to listen. And at the very end, Diane shares that she's got a free gift for you. If you are looking to avoid crisis, she is the person to help you with that and the different tools and resources will be discussed further into the episode, but enjoy it and leave in the comments section what you took from this week's episode with Diane Halfman. Amazing, dynamic individual, really sage conversation. So here's to 2022 and how to be a risk taker. All right, have fun. Bye-bye. Diane, I want you to share with our listeners today, you know, you've got a story that you went as an undercover prostitute to help hunt a serial killer. And I think that's just such a a powerful scenario for us to start out with and kind of take it from there. So welcome. Well, thanks so much, Marla, for having me here. And, you know, that is always kind of a a story that kind of stops people in their tracks going, you know, how did you get there? You know, what do you do with that? You know, and I never grew up thinking I was going to be a police officer. But the experience that I gained both in uniform patrol, when you think about answering 911 calls, you know, all day long, every day, I've been in thousands of homes and seen people at their worst. And then working undercover, especially as a prostitute, that was a whole different mindset. I grew up, you know, 12 years Catholic school, you know, a lovely family and seeing, quote, the other side of the tracks was really a rude awakening that allowed me to build the skill set to trust my gut, to be able to not second guess myself and to step into situations and move beyond the fear, which, you know, allowed me to utilize that skill set to help my clients now when I do consulting and also things we talk about on the podcast that allow people to step out of what they think they can do and to know that they can do hard things. Well, I mean, just that in itself, but, you know, but take us there. Let's go granular for that, you know? So, so you got into it, your uniform police officer. What was the catalyst opportunity that they said, hey, Diane, I think we're going to try this or you would be well-suited for it. You know, what kind of positioning were you going through at that point in order for you to take on that, that task? So are you referring to the undercover work? Yes. 
So, you know, it's interesting at, at the time, you know, we have a, a vice unit that has uh, several undercover, you know, scenarios based on what they're, they're doing. And there was a national case where there was a serial killer that was targeting prostitutes. So different agencies were asked, you know, across the country, particularly on the West Coast, to set up these sting situations to be able to trap this person. And what a lot of people don't really understand is that we're not necessarily trying to arrest people for the act of, of, you know, sexual favors type things. There's such a bigger situation that gets attracted to prostitution that when you arrest people, that you are able to put them to a time and place and be able to solve a lot of different kinds of crimes. So for me, it was, you know, there wasn't that many women at the time. I was the only woman on my department. So it's like, you know, (laughs) who's going to be doing this? There wasn't a lot of options with it. And I didn't really even know what I was getting into. You know, it's, it's, we all know those certain situations where you move forward into something, you, you, you say yes, you step in and you don't necessarily know what it's all about. And it was definitely on the job training. And I think uh, I was the butt of a few jokes of some of the detectives where I would ask things like, people pay for this? How much do you charge for this? You know, what What do you even do in these kinds of, of situations? So it was definitely kind of falling into it and being open to, to learn and to help in something that would help our community. Okay. So there had to have been a level of fear, right? But then you also have to trust. So like those are kind of a yin-yang, right? There's, you know, I'm yes. sure fear going into it and, and so many of the unknowns, right? You can plan for it, but we never really know the solid outcomes at all times. So how do you enter in like with your critical thinking skills or your, you know, your ability to trust your gut? What kind of, you know, experience can you share with us about that? Well, Marlo, I believe that that is like, it's a multi-level effort to to get to that point. I think that there is your training. So there's the things that you can research and do and and talk over, you know, what if situations and, and what would you do if this came up? I think the what if game is is really helpful to be able to do. I think there is a certain um, spirituality that is important to have. I mean, I did a lot of praying at night, like, okay, God, you know, if you get me through this, I've got two young daughters, you know, I, I need you to be my, my backup here that, that's going to help me and to allow wisdom to flow through me in the time of when I need it, when I need it. So, uh, and then to be very uh, observant, right? To really be able to look and see beyond what's right in front of you to see what's coming and to trust what that actually feels like in the moment. That even though you can feel a fear situation, to try and look beyond the fear, to be able to look like, okay, if I step into this, and if you step into enough situations and you move through them, you start building up your your confidence quotient of like, okay, I've done that so I can do this next thing. And and this happens and then that next thing happens. Like when you've been shot at or you've been like walking down an alley at two in the morning or you have these different things happening, you continue to walk forward, you start building up that, okay, I can move through this and can I have certain things that happen. I had a situation at one time when I was working undercover and I was on the corner and we have a lot of signals and codes that we give to the people who are watching us. We have a lot of what we call eyes on us, which are the detectives that watch us because when you're undercover on the on the corner, you don't have your gun, your badge, your your you know bulletproof vest. You don't have your a radio. You don't have any of those things. In fact, you're not wearing a lot of things either. So you're very vulnerable on a lot of different levels. So we have these different codes uh, that we can give out signs and things that they let you know what's happening. And so I had a car that had come by, and everything in me said this 
this was dangerous. And, you know, it's funny because you think like, well, all of them are dangerous. Like there's all the possibility for that to happen. But there was something at a higher level for this that just said, you know, don't talk to this person, don't stop this person, don't have this happen. So I gave the signal that told the detectives that I was going to wave this person by and to have a marked unit pull them over like several blocks away so they wouldn't blow my cover. And so they did, they did do that. And this person was, you know, wanted for a felony, had a loaded gun under under his seat. There were all of these things that that were out there that me listening to myself really allowed me to stay safe, the people around me to stay safe. And you have to make some of those judgment calls in life and in business, right? You just, you know, like all the logic tells you to move in a certain direction, but if something tells you, you know, hey, listen to this, we need to do that in our life and business because we don't know what it's warning us about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big part. So, you know, you're talking a lot too about mindset. I mean, you've obviously built a very solid and fierce mindset. How do you nurture a strong mindset, Diane? I mean, being able to condition yourself to go through these types of things and and now you take the experience on a professional level, you know, as a consultant and as a trainer, how powerful is the mindset? It's a big part. You know, I always talk about, you know, your mind is a bad neighborhood. Don't go in there alone. Like make sure you've got the tools that keep your mind positive. So listening to positive things, you know, when you hear something and for listeners listening today, like if you hear something that you go, you know what? I could use that. Write it down. Like keep a list of things that keep your mind focused on positive things, different tools, different ways to do things. Because if we allow our mind to get into the fear factor and we seen a lot of this in the last couple of years. You know, a lot of things that are being told to people are triggering people into a fearful state. And instead of taking a deep breath, sitting back and going, okay, is this true for me? Have I done everything I can to fortify myself to anything that can, you know, come at me and, you know, move from that kind of place? So when we look at fear, the best way to keep your mind sharp on it is to disable the fear, right? To look at it from what is true here? What can I do about it? And what can I just trust that will come into the benefit for me? Yeah, and that gives you back the power, which leads us into, you know, you are the host of your Spa Life podcast. And Spa Life, and in your terms, is Seek Power Always, which I think is just brilliant. So talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, so what is that message of Seek Power Always? So I I believe that we are just powerful beings. And so many times people give their power away. They listen to other people above what is being told with their internal messages. I believe that we have this divine ability within us that if we take that time to be silent, to check in with ourselves, that we have these God-given messages. I mean, we are all created with a unique purpose to be here. We, you know, it may seem like, oh, I don't want to do that because somebody else is doing that. There's no one else doing what you're here to do because of your experience and the way that you do it. So when I talk about seek power always, it's that power within you, that divine power within you to listen to that, that you are your own power. Power doesn't happen outside of you. It's not, you don't have to get permission for power. You are that. And the more you claim that, the more you become the authority, even if you are the leader of one, right? You are that authority that allows you to do the things that you need to do with way more confidence. Because think about how you feel when you feel like you're being told to do something or you have to do something a certain way, or this is the right thing. And and I've even had, you know, victims of crimes that have said, uh, you know, particularly violent clients, I knew something was weird if I walked down this way or, or I was at a party and I felt uncomfortable, but I didn't want it to 
feel weird. You know, we always have these internal clues within ourselves and we have to be able to listen to that to keep ourselves safe and to help us move forward in the world. Yeah, no, I think that's very, very powerful. Okay, so what kind of advice that you have, Diane, to help us nurture, to, you know, seek the power and to seek our independence and to be fierce within our freedom? I mean, take us down that path. Well, I think it start, it first starts with awareness. I think it, it, it's really about knowing who you are, why you're here, what do you stand for? And, you know, if you haven't taken the time to, whether it's journaling, you know, getting out in nature, to be silent, to ask these questions of ourselves. I mean, the age old question is, who am I and why am I here? Right. And the more that you explore that and you get clear on what that is, particularly about what is your values? Like what, what is it that you stand for? What means the most to you? I mean, a lot of times, Sometimes people will say, well, family is the most important thing to me. But how many people do we know that they work a ton of times and they're like, you know, they never see their family, right? So if that's a true value of yours, you know, you and I have talked about how we spend our time and what's on our calendar is what matters. So you want to be able to put your family on that calendar. And I'm a really big proponent of having like a wall calendar. And especially if you have a family and there's multiple people in the homes that they get to see when their time is, that they know that they're important enough to see like, hey, this is a family day, or even if we haven't set aside the money to go on a vacation, we're going to have a staycation or we're going to have a picnic. We're going to have something that we're all working together, especially entrepreneurial families. The whole family needs to work together to have people move forward in, in what it is that they're doing. But, you know, even if it's just, you know, me, myself, and I, to sit down and ask yourself, what is important to me? What is what is my purpose here? And the more clear you get on it, and you may not have the whole message today, but you'll get a glimmer of it. You have a, a, an idea of it where you have more passion, you feel more joy, you listen into those conversations more. And as you start cultivating that over time, and you start knowing why you're here, you can stand more in your power because you're more juiced and more energized about doing that thing that you're here to do. You know, and today you definitely have a spiritual sense, okay? How do you bring that into your life and business? I mean, you're, you know, how do you let that guide you and keep you within purpose and then to create the boundaries and and execute towards them? Talk to us about that, that personal spirituality and the power it has. Well, I look at there's not really a line for me in that. I believe that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And I think that allows us to access the power that we have, have more confidence to be here when we know we're here for a bigger mission and a bigger why. And so for me, you know, my my personal spirituality and the spirituality I bring into my business are, are one in the same. And I invite my clients to look at that too, to not apologize for that. You know, I believe that gives us a lot more power in the world to know, hey, we are beyond the, some of the things that, that we see here. We are here to, you know, you look at the golden rule about, you know, like do unto others. Well, in business, you're here to serve people, right? So a lot of these tenants that are, that are ages old are there to help each other. And, you know, even as uh, an entrepreneur, you can go one step beyond the golden rule. And a lot of people don't know about the platinum rule is like, instead of doing uh, unto others how you would like to be treated, treat them how they would like to be treated. And that comes into active listening. That is getting to know who they are and what it is that you can support them in doing. And so when you, through your own life experience, find out you know what is the problems that you're here to solve, what are the things that you can give insight to, you can utilize and have access to that spirituality within you to help you in your business. And I think you bring up a good point, that active listening, right? Why is it so hard for us to actually 
just be present and to listen? Why do you think, I mean, there's obviously so many distractions, but from your experience and, and being an entrepreneur and doing the things that you've done, what is the power of listening? And um, what kind of advantages do we have when we do that right? Well, one of the things around listening is I think to break down, you know, there's there's active listening, but I think there's something that, and words matter, is to look at deep listening, right? Because active listening could be like you're waiting to talk, right? You're, you're, you're active, but you're maybe not hearing. Deep listening allows you to go what's below what they're saying, right? Because there's always a certain part that people don't necessarily share until they know you more, they trust you more, and they're, they're hoping that you can actually listen to on a level where you can hear their heart. And so what's so important about that is so many people gloss over things that people say that people don't necessarily feel heard, right? And so it's at the point where the connection with someone is when they like, oh, they get me. Like they heard something in a way that I wasn't able to articulate or they heard the question below the question. They heard the fear belong the fear. So when you do deep listening, you're hearing and helping them pull out of their heart. What is it that troubles them? What is it that they want to do? And when they know that you can hear that, they know you can help them. Yeah. So the deep listening, I mean, being able to have those deeper, richer conversations, I think are very powerful with, you know, with, with your business. Give us an example of with your consultancy, you know, give us some examples of some of the problems that you are currently solving, Diane, with your clients. Right. So one of my clients, she, uh, she was coming to me and she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm having, I'm having issues with my team implementing the things that, that I want them to implement. Like, you know, they're, they're not doing it the way I see that, that they want to do it. Right. And so I could hear the frustration in her, in her voice. And I would ask, asking more questions. I think getting to a place of curiosity allows you to go deeper beyond what's going on. So instead of just, they weren't following certain things, I could hear that there was not only frustration, but there was a a touch of anger, but there was also kind of sadness. There was just a lot of things packed into this. So once I started asking her some more questions like, okay, is this something new? Is this something that's been happening for a while? You know, is there a certain policy or something that's come out? And it, what got revealed in this is that she felt she felt disrespected. She felt that they were purposely not listening to things of what she was putting out there. And so when we started having conversations where I told her, I go ask some specific questions of them and ask what's going on. And they felt that she was changing things so much that they couldn't trust that what she was saying was something that was going to happen long-term, that it was going to be temporary. So when you start asking deeper questions, you got to look at how well are you communicating and how is that communication landing for the other person and what's happening with them? So, you know, on just the first outset, you think, oh, well, they're not listening, so let's do blah, 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 blah. Well, it was more about her communication skills and how things were landing and how they were taking it was what was underneath that. So the more we look at what is the true problem, right? Because the obvious problem is not always the true problem. Yeah. No, and I think and we have to go deep, right? I mean that in that space. So very, very powerful. Okay, so one of the things that you're very passionate is helping people just avoid crisis. You know, I know that you've got a free gift and an offering for for our listeners today. Tell us a little bit more about avoiding crisis. 
So, you know, we're, we're all going to experience some sort of, of crisis. We may call it chaos. We may call it uncomfortableness. We may call, hey, today was a bad day or things weren't working. And what happens is that what, the ways that we can avoid those is to have awareness around what are our triggers? You know, what are the things that happen? Because for one person, having a hangnail could be a crisis. And another person like me being shot at is a crisis, right? And there's a lot of whole spectrum in between that as far as how we respond to the stimulus of things that happen in our life. So I created this resource so that people could look at what are the different types of crises that they could experience, be able to identify them and to have some simple tools to move through them. Because as soon as you have awareness on them and you can walk through for yourself what some of those things are, you can then be prepared the next time to be able to respond quicker. Because part of uh, avoiding crisis is to know when it's coming before it gets at that critical standpoint. Yeah. And resiliency. I mean, uh, resiliency around crisis too. I would guess that, you know, there's different levels of of people entering it, experiencing it, and then building a, a level of resiliency around it. And I know entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, they're facing that on a regular basis. They're always having to build their resilience. What is, as we're coming into the close, what kind of advice would you have for our listeners today when it comes to being an entrepreneur, being in the 2022 year, you know, and just some some of your own personal recommendations and advice for them? Uh, well, a couple of things. One, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Clement Watt, which is take the first step, no more, no less, and the next step will be revealed. So many times as an entrepreneur, we get into overwhelm because we're looking at the hundred steps we need to take without taking that first step. And when we take that first step, we have a different view of what to do. And then that starts revealing the next step. So when we are more methodical in that way, it's less overwhelming. There's more confidence and you start building what's going on. And you know, a lot of people go, oh, what if I take the wrong step? Well, at that point, you'll know, right? You'll be able to see that. And that's where part of that trusting yourself is. You know, it's great to also take a few notes of what are the things like people have gone through a lot of challenging things in the last couple of years. You know, start just noting what are some of your fears? What are some of the things that you have overcome? You know, how is it that you can look at things from a, a different perspective? There is, you know, the age old that there are seeds of gold in every adversity and that, you know, God doesn't close a door without always, not sometimes, but always opening another door. So when we realize, hey, what were the tough things? What did we learn from that? Those will be the seeds for 2022 that you can then, because you've been through it, you can help other people get through it and that'll be your strength. Oh my gosh, that's such great advice and what a powerful message. Okay, so where can we find you? Give us some some resources so we can get the free gift for avoiding crisis. Where can we find that, Diane? Oh, thank you. At my website, dianehaffman.com, specifically for the crisis, you can do dianehaffman.com forward slash crisis. I'm on all social media. So Instagram, Facebook, under my name. If you want to send me a private message, anything I can do to support, I'm happy to do it. Oh, that's great. And I really encourage people to reach out, Diane. This has been an excellent interview. And thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to uh, having our guests get to know who you are in a whole different level. So thanks again. Thank you, Marla. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. 
This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.